Welcome everyone to season one of our podcast. This is for the students by the students. The LAMP program is at the opportunity to engage and reach out to the youth in our Western community and to talk about some very pivotal issues at hand. And today we have a very special guest, but to introduce myself, my name is Poojan. I'm a fifth year medical sciences student who is graduating very soon. Um, and yeah, I'm Benson, Benson Law. I'm one of the outgoing 2.0 student coordinators. Um, and I'll be one of your hosts for this season as well. Uh, and today we have Disha. Disha, do you want to give yourself an introduction? Yeah. Hi, I'm Disha. I'm in my fourth year in neuroscience here at Western. Awesome. All right. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, like uh, why neuroscience, how you got involved in LAMP, and uh, kind of where you see yourself going. I think a lot of students don't know about neuroscience as a program. I think it's, it's a smaller program compared to like med science science but um yeah give us a little background about yourself yeah um i guess i can start off so um when i when i started at western i was in the medical sciences program you know grinding it out like like the best of us um and i realized i didn't really know why the heck i was in medical sciences because i never really wanted to go into a career in medicine at all so i had a bit of like an existential crisis in my in the middle of my first year because I was like what the heck am I even doing and then I learned about the neuroscience program and I was already in psychology and I really loved the course and I was like oh well this is this is really cool it's just a combination of psychology and biology like I'm totally down to do this so I gave it a shot I, I applied for the program and I got I got accepted um and I guess for reference so for the program you apply in your first year and they only take like the top 30, 30 people who apply. So like definitely kind of stressful when you first apply, but if you're at all interested in it, I'd recommend it because you can always turn it down if you're not interested. But like if you have an inkling of an interest, like 10 out of 10 would recommend, like I don't have any regrets and like everyone in my program is super nice. And I guess as for where I'm planning on going, well, I'm, so I'm interested in clinical psychology. So I've applied for a couple of programs this year. Um, I'm probably going to be doing a fifth year um, just because of the nature of that grad program. They usually expect you to do a fifth year, um, but I have applied. Haven't heard anything though, still waiting. So we shall see, we shall see how that goes, but I'll probably be back next year. <laughs> I think that's well, a lot of us, like we've applied to places and we're waiting on. But before Benson jumps in, I want to kind of go back, you know, when you talked about your little crisis that you had, you know, how did you sort of cope? Like what strategies did you use? Um, how did your parents react or your friends? Um, you know, because a lot of us, I feel sometimes are like stuck between like two roads, right? Like I'm in this, but maybe this is of interest or, you know, um, how did you deal with that? Yeah, that's actually, it's really funny because like, I had never wanted to even go into science like all my life up until like grade 12. So fun fact about me, originally I was planning on applying to go to like animation school at Sheridan College. That would have been so cool. Whoa. <laughs> I know. I program. I know it yeah. yeah, it's it's like a huge flip. I don't I don't really know what happened in in grade 12. I guess I was kind of like, oh, the pay is pretty 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 lousy. <laughs> So I guess I kind of got a bit greedy and was like, oh, I guess I can make a bit more money if I go into science and I'm not bad at it. Um, so that's how I ended up in med sci. 
but when I got there, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. What am I doing? I don't, I don't really feel, feel the best about this decision. And in terms of coping, it was, it was really hard because like, I wasn't, I wasn't doing bad by any means. I just like was not happy with my decision. So I didn't really know how to go about asking for help because I didn't feel like I was in a position where I needed help. But I was still like definitely like mentally not all there. Like I was definitely feeling a bit down. Um, but really just like talking to friends and reaching out to people, finding out like other options, like other things I could do. Uh, that was really helpful for me. Like I had one particular friend who I remember had first told me about the neuroscience program and was like, oh, you like psychology, right? You should totally like check it out. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even really like think about that. And so I started looking more into it and I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll give it a shot. You know, we'll see how it goes. And here I am three years later and super happy with my decision. Um, quick question. So going back to switching your programs, right? Um, you said there's only like a certain number of spots. So are there students that come out of high school that do the neuroscience program or do you have to transfer in from another faculty or another program? Yeah, so you specialize in it in second year. So. Okay. Yeah, I don't really know how to consider it because I've never really, like me personally, I don't consider it a part of like the medical sciences modules. Mm -hmm. However, if you like look on the website, it's listed under there because for most med sci modules, you apply in in at the end of second year, I believe, and you get in third year. But for neuroscience, you actually apply in first year and then you get in second year. So it's a bit different. Okay. Um Clinical psych. I, I think a lot of people maybe listening don't know clinical psych a lot, but from what I like understand is that it's extremely, extremely competitive. It's like even more competitive than the medical school, simply because there's not a lot of programs and there's only X number of profs and they don't take that many, many students, right? So do you want to talk about that? So the competitiveness aspect of it, um, kind of the, the path you want to take and where do you think you stand? Oh, geez. Yeah. yeah. That's so when a I hard first... one, Benson. <laughs> All the yeah. hard-hitting questions, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest, when I first, like, kind of realized, like, that's kind of the path I wanted to take, I didn't realize how competitive it was. And I remember talking to one of my professors about it, and she was kind of, she kind of just looked at me and was like, yeah, you do realize, like, how competitive that is, right? And I guess mm -hmm. for context, so one of the profs I applied to work with um, this year uh, she emailed me back and she was like, oh yeah, like I'll email you back if they get an interview, but just so you know, I'm only taking one student and 50 yeah. people applied to work with me. So yeah. for context, that's like 2%. <laughs> I have a 2% chance. And yeah. So like, yeah, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, and it's definitely hard. A lot of people, like I said earlier, will do a fifth year. Some people don't even get in until after they do a first master's. A lot of times they require you to have extensive research history along with like volunteering history. So it's mm -hmm. definitely a lot of work. But for me personally, what really gravitated me towards it was just the fact that it's a very versatile degree, meaning I won't be stuck in one specific career if I get that degree. So if I want to practice, I can practice. If I want to teach, I can teach. If I want to do research, I can do that. If I want to work in a school, I could even do that. Like, I just love having kind of that freedom to do 
whatever I want or potentially like switch up what I want to do without having mm. to go back to school. And I think a lot of people really like that. As well, I think like a lot of people want to work in the field of mental health because I think it's a really interesting and I think it's a really important and really relevant right now. So that definitely adds to the fact that it's so competitive. But I definitely like if you're interested in it, I wouldn't rule it out just because it's competitive. I would just like let you know yeah. it's a lot of work to kind of like get to where you are. Like don't discredit it because it's not medicine. It's still just as if not more competitive yeah by the numbers it's more competitive i think med school is something like nine percent in the tariff just by the numbers right but yeah yeah two yeah, percent is is substantially lower i cry yeah. you yeah. seem like a planner like you listed like five things that you can do like with the field like do you organize like are you just very organized like because i know maybe a lot of our viewers have a hard time like knowing like what they want to do myself included <laughs> so do you have any tips for someone like me who maybe you know wants to kind of explore this you know career but you know are there any resources websites do you like have mentors or you know do you network oh geez that's that's a big question yeah. I would we go right into thing, it <laughs> yeah I would say the biggest thing that's helped me kind of solidify what I want to do is the fact that I started volunteering in a clinical psychology lab at Western. So that really exposed me to like more people in the program, graduate students, other other undergrads who are interested in pursuing a degree in clinical psychology and just being around people who kind of had the same mindset as me was really helpful in like determining my interests as well as giving me advice for what I should look out for, what I should do, you know, like next steps. So yeah, like I get a lot of my information from like those grad students in the lab or even like the professor I work with. I, I would definitely recommend like looking into research opportunities in those types of fields if you're interested. Um, in terms of, I mean, in terms of uh, school and professor, I think when it comes to academia, like who you study under carries a lot of weight, right? So who do you see yourself studying under or do you see a particular institution like do you have plans to go over to the u.s eventually um or do you plan on doing your master's and your phd or do you kind of want to jump back and forth or is there a specific school like some of the bigger schools mcgill ubc um uft is that kind of within your crosshairs hmm i honestly like for me personally i want to make sure if i go to school because i know most clinical psych programs are a PhD program so you do like a lot of school and you'll be with the professor for a super long time so for me it's important that I work on a project that I'm interested in doing so it's not necessarily what school or like I don't know like what school more so like what professor and like what they what they're doing research in and what they're interested in that I was more focused on when I applied this time, as well as I guess like research opportunities, not research, sorry, clinical placement opportunities. So like if I'm interested in like adolescent, practicing with adolescents or like practicing in a school setting, then I would be more inclined to go to a school where I know they have placements either in like a school setting or like in a clinical setting where I can work with kids and adolescents. So like, I think like doing your research on that is really important just so you don't like screw yourself and end up going to a place where you can only work with adults or like only work with kids. Um, 
So it's it's very personable, depending. Is that a word, personable? personable. <laughs> I don't think that's I a like word. I like it. Um, <laughs> personal, maybe. Personal? I yeah, don't even know. yeah. <laughs> it's very, like, subjective yeah. as to, like, kind of what you want to do and how you want to practice or what kind of research you want to do. Have you decided, like, do you want to work with kids or, like, adults? Is that something you – have you gone that deep? Because you seem like you've planned quite a long time from now pretty well. So have you, is that something you have considered yet? Um, yeah, so I was originally interested in school psychology and potentially working as like a guidance counselor. Yeah. However, I wasn't sure if that was like all I wanted to do. Um, but I definitely want to work with adolescents. Like if I practice, I want to practice with like teens and adolescents because I feel like that's a really impressionable time in your life and oftentimes a lot of people will like prefer to practice with either kids or adults so I kind of like wanted to focus on the middle because I think that's like a really important yeah. time in your life and I feel like there's like also like a, I feel like it's gotten better but I know like when I was in high school I didn't feel like there was a lot of resources out there for me as a teen as oh me neither my high school I don't think yeah, there was right? anything it was yeah my high school had literally nothing like there was no psychological service services like whatsoever so, like, I just think, like, being able to, like, offer that to some kid who doesn't have that would be, like, really helpful because I feel like I would have loved to have that. So, yeah. Mm. Um, another big burning question. What's the average salary that a clinical psychologist makes? Have you looked that much into it yet? <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember. It's definitely, it's, like, 100000 less than a psychiatrist. So, like... <laughs> Wait, what's that. the difference of a psychologist, psychiatrist? Okay, psychiatrists go to med school. They're allowed to prescribe medications. So right. psychologists cannot prescribe medications. Mm -hmm. They more so focus on, like, therapy. So, like, psychotherapy, mm -hmm. CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, those sorts of things, interpersonal therapy. So no medications prescribed, more so therapeutics, whereas psychiatrists can do mm -hmm. that, but on top of that, they're allowed to prescribe medications. And like I said, they make 100K more. <laughs> but then on the flip side, like if you go into psychiatry, I feel like you wouldn't be able to do research unless you go back and get a PhD. So right. psychologists are more involved in research on that end. Although I may be wrong, mm -hmm. so don't quote me on that. But from yeah. my understanding, that's kind of how it works. I, I think with um, psychiatrists, like they do do research, even without a PhD, um, a lot of them will have like a master's on the side or whatnot. But mm -hmm. I think MD PhD is a little more rare. But most of them do do research. I think just because um, when you want to climb the the hierarchy, like you you have to have yeah. some publications and things like that. Speaking of publications, uh, that's a huge part for clinical psych programs. Um, where do you stand on that? Oh geez, <laughs> that's like, yeah, so that's like one of the things which like, I'll be honest, like I don't have a publication. That's I'm fine, a I know a lot of people don't, like that's totally A lot of cool. people don't, yeah. like it's not easy and I feel like a lot of people make it sound a lot easier than it is. I know, like, when I see people's like LinkedIn's and stuff, but I'm like, whoa, like, you know, sometimes I'm like, how do people like network? Maybe that's something that I could have like improved on better, but I think sometimes it's like, you know, being at the right place at the right time, having like the right opportunity open to get that. Um, but it's so hard. Like, what is your advice for people who want to maybe seek a publication at some point? Um, any tips? 
I think it's just important to like try to get involved in research as soon as possible. Um, That's really the only thing I can offer. I think for me, um, so a reason a lot of people do a fifth year is to try and get their thesis published, which is probably the aim I'm going for. So once I have that, then I'll have something. What's your thesis on? Do you want to share with our audience or if you want to? Okay, I can do that. I really, okay. So my thesis is looking at the effect of medical face masks on emotion recognition and perceived emotional intensity, but also looking that, at that as a function of race. So it's oh, pretty wow. relevant. There's a right. lot of variables, super relevant. Yeah, 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 yeah. lots of variables which <laughs> we still try to control for. So do you because... just like come up with it or like, you know, do you, does your prof tell you, hey, Disha, like, you know, this, these are options or do you sort of do your research and do your homework and come to them and be like, oh, So it's actually really funny because initially before COVID happened, I was going in relation to like video games and virtual reality, Mm -hmm. but obviously because of the lockdown, like totally not feasible anymore. So I remember my prof emailed me and he was like, oh, one of the grad students was interested in looking at like the effect of masks on um, emotion recognition, but also looking at that as a function of depression. And I was like, you know, what's relevant right now. Let's look at that like like from the angle of a race because I feel like that could be an interesting angle and I think it's very pertinent um and he was like yeah that's pretty relevant sure let's do that I didn't account for the fact that there would be so many like extraneous variables I would have to control for and because it's a new study like we have to do a lot in terms of like setting up like an ethics protocol right is there anything from like previously done for that or no it's all from no, scratch. No, we started from scratch. So how so, does that work? You start with your hypothesis, right? And then you sort of, the ethics thing, and then you have you recruit people and stuff. That takes a long time. Yeah, yeah, I'm basically going to be doing all of that in the span of like a month because ethics yeah. takes forever to be approved. But ethics yeah. does take forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For those I'm, I'm a little... For those who are listening, like ethics, so anytime you do any kind of research involving people, like you have to get ethics board approval. And like Western has, I think Western has a, a handful of um, ethics boards and they do mm-hmm. different faculties and things yeah. like that. But yeah, they take a long time to process these things. And sometimes they don't accept it. Sometimes they tell you to, to change it and then come back to them. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so is yours approved? Your ethics thing got approved? Not yet? Okay. Yeah. Or no? We're still waiting. Okay, still Which waiting. Is- Pretty, Fingers yeah. crossed, everyone, for Disha's ethics approval. <laughs> mm, yeah. uh, I told my thesis um, coordinator that it wasn't approved yet because we have an assignment due where we have to write about our results. And I was like, yeah, by the way, <laughs> I, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> he was like oh you don't have anything I'm like we're, we're still waiting for ethics and he was like oh I was like oh yeah <laughs> sorry about that yeah so if they say no do you have to like revamp your entire protocol or can you just reapply and make some tweaks oftentimes they just offer suggestions and you just tweak the suggestions and then once you resubmit it it doesn't take as long as that like first initial submission because they had to look through everything mm-hmm. um so yeah we're we just submitted the initial one which is why it's taking so long but yeah <laughs> hopefully hopefully I can do something with that soon <laughs> 
have you thought about, so I, I assume you're going to be working on this during the summer too, right? Because that's what a lot of students will do. Have you thought about getting funding for your project? So, you, you know, you're not working for free. Honestly, <laughs> I, I haven't. And I'm like, I'm a bit on the blind side when it comes to like getting funding. So I don't know if you guys have any information you could like offer the people or even offer me about that because okay, like people. faculty funding but i know benson knows about ncirc i believe um okay um you so give yeah. our viewers a little yes yes i have a lot of experience with funding not not successful obviously sometimes at least you um, have the experience right i think that's important yeah. um so i i grade funding based on flex tiers so how big of a flex is it right so if you get like ncirc cihr funding they're like whoa they're like up there right they they let everyone know that they're an ncirc like oh i got an ncirc like what'd you get oh i didn't get i got a hey that's not as good as mine um but ncirc does engineering and science research um cihr does health systems research and then shirk does social science or psych, psych research so for you it would fall under sh uh, shirk um you can apply for those there's definitely summer funding um, I know for at, uh, for NSERC at least there's summer funding. So Shirk, I'm not surprised that they also have their own funding. The other type is a, a less of a flex, and that's um, faculty level funding. That's the one that I got. Uh, obviously, a lot of these are not publicly um, announced, but they're like on some like back web page, right? It's hard to find. So mostly you got to talk to your supervisor, your prof about that. But how it works a lot of times is it's structured in such a way that the um, the organization gives half and your supervisor gives half. So yeah. in the case of NSERC, the government gives you half or, or some like percentage of it. And then your supervisor fills in the rest. So that way your supervisor is only taking like a small risk on you and not having to pour like $10,000, right? Um, and then the third case is you don't get any funding at all. And you got to scrape together, you know, money left and right. Or are you going to ask your supervisor, hey, can you give me funding? So those are the three tiers, right? So that's the government level funding, there's the faculty level funding, and then there's the no funding slash panic. Have uh, you ever been in that slash panic, no funding phase, Benson? Or have you usually gotten funding for all your projects so far? Uh, no, I have all, when I first started out in research, which was like in 2016, um, I didn't have any funding because I no one trusted me with like, when your prof gives you funding, they trust you, right? Because it's their own yeah. money and they're investing you. Mm -hmm. Back then, no prof really trusted me. Like I was, I was pretty young back then. I didn't know what I was doing, so I had back to. Back then, work. that's so soon. Like back then, when I was young, are we that old now? <laughs> I was in high school. That was like early. Oh early right, yeah, high school. Yeah, so oh I had to work a job to pay for my my own salary. So basically, I had to substitute. So I worked at McDonald's back then, and I worked at Sick Kids. So I would commute downtown with my money so that's kind of like what i mean by the lowest tier right you have to get money from elsewhere to kind of fund your research and fund your right. fund your paper so it sucks um but yeah that's that's the story <laughs> yeah um so for, in terms of funding you haven't you haven't looked at anything yet disha um do you think you're ever going to talk to your professor about that i mean it's a hard conversation to have asking your prof for money it's a delicate subject yeah. What are your thoughts? So I actually ended up, I applied for like a different kind of, I don't know if you guys have heard of the student summer research program at the University of Toronto. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I ended up, I ended up applying for that, which would be working on like a completely different project. Yes. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. And then I guess I'd be splitting my time between both of those, which is not 
I guess, ideal. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. I kind of applied on a whim because someone in my lab told me about it like a couple weeks ago, like two weeks before the deadline. And I was like, well, I'll give it a shot. Like yeah. nothing hurts, right? Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. I did that. But in terms of like funding, like I I don't know. I'm not I'm not really good at like that stuff. I don't yeah. usually I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know about you guys, but like I get like really intimidated by like professors. Oh, no, me I too, feel- yeah. Yeah, Sometimes, like I, like, I have like, that imposter mm-hmm. syndrome that comes in and I'm like, hmm, should I bring this up? Like, you know, will they be like, why is she asking this or things like that? Um, but I think at the end of the day, you know, funding or not, like the experience is so valuable, right? Like, you know, what you're getting to learn. Well, it's like an investment for the long term, right? When you get that next big opportunity, you'll have this awesome thing here. So even if you don't get funding, like it's totally cool. I think you're learning so much out of it and it's only making you better. Um, but yeah, so, you know, are any of your other friends in your program, like, how are they finding it? Are they also, you know, working on their thesis, trying to get that ethics approval as well? Um, is thesis mandatory for people in neuro or, okay. Yeah, it's an, it's an honors specialization program. So everyone has to do the thesis component. Technically speaking, you're supposed to have your project approved by ethics before you start it. So I'm like, a special case. No one should be in this situation. Right. I just, I always somehow end up here. And not that I mind it because I find my, like, I obviously find my project super interesting and I really love working on it. Yeah. Um, but t- t- typically speaking, like, y- you wouldn't be in the situation that I'm in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, everyone else is, like, good and going from what I've heard. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, getting ethics approval, getting funding—they're—they're they're difficult conversations to have, d- difficult steps to have. But I think touching on what um, Pujan said earlier, like it's an investment. But again, I think research as a kind of as a activity favors people who have money. Like if you don't get funding, like if you come from like a wealthier background and you don't have funding, That's then it's not a big deal, right? True. Yeah. yeah like you can just get your parents right. to, to kind of pay for your rent and things like that but if you have funding and you're kind of not well off then that's huge right you don't have to worry about rent food and or like car payments or insurance and things like that so i think getting funding is important and even more important for people who really need the money and it's Definitely. not a small amount right it's um i think it goes for over a course of summer you can go from anywhere between like nine to ten thousand dollars uh, so it's, it's a substantial amount of money so disha you know um i think this you know since we're wrapping up Benson and I like to sort of ask our viewers, you know, this kind of last sort of big question, Um, you know, what really keeps you going? You know, what advice do you have? You know, we are in a pandemic. We're all handling this very differently. You know, we all have different courses and, you know, commitments and stuff, you know, like, how are you? And, you know, what's sort of your driving factor to, you know, keep you going, keep you killing that thesis and, you know, just being the awesome person that you are? Or alternatively, what's, you know, holding you back, right? Or what do you think is, you know, kind of acting against you? Yeah. Oh, you're asking me really, really deep questions. <laughs> um, ah, that's really hard. I think I'm, I'm obviously in a, in a really fortunate position to be, like, living at home and, like, having, like, a really supportive family and, like, have, like, a really good home life. So, like, 
I think having that around me has like definitely made everything a lot easier, especially since I'm like basically stuck here 24 <laughs> seven. So that's been, it's been really nice. Just, I don't know. Yeah, definitely. In terms of what's holding me back, oh, I don't know. I don't know. What would be holding me back? Well, I sound so cocky when I say that. I don't mean <laughs> it like that. I obviously, I obviously have struggles. I just, jeez. You I just know. persevere. I no, I think knowing you, like, you're just so positive and, like, you know, you're Aww. just a go-getter. So I think, like, that attitude, like, I feel like you're pretty much invincible. But of course, you know, we all go through our struggles. Um, is there any struggle maybe that you went through recently? Like for me, it was just, you know, being motivated, I think, to sort of, you know, keep, you know, taking all my courses and, you know, everything else going on. Is that something that you deal with? And do you have any advice for someone maybe going through that? Oh, totally. I just, I don't know. I find it really helpful to like, try to be as objective with myself as possible. And I know that's hard because I know like for a lot of us, and I know for me, I get sometimes get in a place where I just like, I'm like, oh, I'm the worst person ever. Oh, I suck. And it's just <laughs> not, I feel like everyone does it though. Like you can tell yourself you don't, but like you probably do. And it's just really important to like, I think just like take a step back and like look at your place in the world very objectively and like reflect on like the good things you have like I could be feeling like awful but then I'm like but I have like an amazing family I have great friends I like love the classes yeah. I'm taking I like just that. like yeah. really reflecting on like what what I like and like you know like what's what's really keeping me going and keeping me happy and not taking that for granted because I'm like sad. Yeah. I don't know. Did that make sense? <laughs> no, it definitely that does. does. Looking at the big picture sometimes. Because you know, I feel like we just live in our own bubble. And I think especially with COVID, like we forget, you know, everyone else around us and what they're going through and stuff. But definitely I do the same. Like I try to be grateful for what I have, which might be, you know, even the smallest things, like just having a nice, you know, lunch that my grandma made for me. I don't know. That's like sweet because I don't know how to cook um off topic but yeah definitely I think that hopefully I think this will definitely help you know someone out there you know trying to go into clinical psych or just trying to figure out life and you know what to do career-wise because we are at that stage in life where we're all kind of yeah. scrambling to figure out you know what's my purpose like I think about that like I think almost every day I don't know if I'm like the only one but I that's the secret of mine I probably think about that every day um but no, thank you for, for sharing. Uh, Benson, do you have anything else to add on before we end it up today? Yeah, I, th I think it's important that we have like different perspectives here on the podcast, right? It's not just like, for those that don't know, like Pooja and I, were currently applying for med, right? And we drink the Kool-Aid. This is all we've never known. This is all, this is our, our whole life is that application. <laughs> uh, and it takes a huge toll on you, right? Like um, you, you kind of live with the pressure of, always maintaining good grades and it's not just good grades like if you if you do well that's like a small like increase in chance but if you do poorly just by a bit it's a huge it's a huge drop in, uh, in your chance of getting in so it's nice to have different perspectives and to know that there is a world out there that is not just applying for med or applying for for law but if you're a competitive person there's other things that are also very competitive out there um because i think anyone who is in school and wants to get into these programs they're a very competitive person right they they want the best for themselves um and for the future so it's nice to know that 
there's other applications for their for their energy um, and clinical psych is definitely one of them so thank you for sharing Disha. yeah i honestly didn't know much about clinical psych but thank you so much disha you were a pleasure to talk to and thank you so much for coming to our podcast oh well, thanks for here. having me guys all, All right. right. We'll catch everyone on the next episode of our podcast. Um, we will announce pretty soon who it is, but I think it's going to be engineering, yes. engineering related. Yeah.